0: atmosphere church podcast on behalf of all of us here at atmosphere thank you for downloading or streaming this service we pray that it will touch your heart and change your life in addition to bringing you today's service we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can if you need prayer or just someone to talk with please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church someone from our team will be sure to connect with you We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message.
1: With the stylish crimped hair And all my fellas sportin' mullets With that rat tail flare We do the cabbage patch And shoulder pads And acid-washed jeans Bon Jovi, Bowie, Tina Prince We in the 80s Yo, hop in my DeLorean TikTok, tock Ray, Ray Scott. Scott But I got beat up by Biff And I kissed my mom, Doc Now we are Walk into where everybody knows your name To the left, to the right, no, no pain, no gain. gain Yes, Jordan, magic birdies Way to go, Buckner Crane Kick to the brain, it's Hulkamania, brother Creepy crawlers, life right my buddy and me Two questions, dweeb, who's the boss, and where's the beef? By the power of grace, go so on my Thundercats, ho well, Hey, who needs Ken, Barbie, let me be your G.I. Joe We got sloppy J's for dinner, pour some tab in my cup So my name is Pastor Jim, I'm the lead pastor, and I'm stuck in the 80s, okay? Uh, Maybe next week I'll bring the mullet back uh, for the 80s party, but uh, yeah, I'm so glad that you guys are here, and uh, I know there's a lot of uh, talk out there about this uh, coronavirus, and I'm glad you guys uh, are are here at church, and uh, we're we're being a little bit more careful with you. Uh, We already gave Scotty the pep talk, uh, you know, so... Like, not everyone's going to feel like hugging you today, so maybe knuckle-bumping a little bit more. But, uh, um, you know, I I was wondering if, like, for our first-time guests, we should be handing out toilet paper rolls. I I don't know. There's, like, a run on toilet... I don't know why this disease is, uh, or this virus, is making people buy a lot of toilet paper, but it's just a weird... It's a weird thing. Yeah. Don't ask. Don't ask. Don't tell. Um... But I I am super excited about this series. And and I know some of you, uh, the 80s are not a fond time for you to remember. Uh, But for me, it reminds me of my childhood. And it reminds me of a much simpler time in my life. so for you, it may not be the '80s for you, it might be the '70s or for you know if you're like Julian, it's the 2000s I, I don't know um, but it, it just think about a, a, a more simpler time in your life like go back to that 10 year old or 11 year old version uh, of yourself and, and I don't know if, if you're like me like the, the music uh, of your childhood just kind of makes an impression on you. Uh, my kids had no choice but to love 80s music and because I've played it for them you know ever since they were probably babies and so now they love 80s music but I I can listen to a song and I could be like transported back into a specific moment of of my, my childhood. Do you have a song like that in your life that you, you, it comes on the radio, or maybe you listen to it on Spotify, and immediately you're taken back in, into this, this moment of your life? That's what we're talking about with this series, because we want to go back and we want to get back the simplicity of our faith, because being a follower of Jesus is simple. It's not complicated, and we've overcomplicated everything in our lives, and it's time to return back to a much simpler time of our lives. So for me, it's back to the 80s. So what we're going to do is we're going to be in uh, the Gospel of Mark. So if you have your Bibles, I I want you to open them up to Mark chapter 10. And uh, we've been in this series for a couple of weeks. We're going to end it next week with our 80s party, obviously. You don't have to dress up, uh, but I, I don't know how many churches have ever done an 80s party. I'm trying something new. Uh, but uh, we're just a different church. We like to have fun at church. Who says you can't have fun at church? So we're going to have fun uh, for those of you that want to play along. And uh, the word is we have, we're going to have a DeLorean here. Um, so I'm just saying that's going to be fun. Um, But let me pray this, Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for how you have used it to transform my life. How you have done exceedingly, abundantly more than I could ever ask or imagine with my life. And I pray the same for each and every person that you brought here this morning. God, that the best is yet to come, and that, Lord, you would use our Bible study this morning to awaken us To the things that you desire to do with our lives. Lord, help us, inspire us, change us, and even correct us if we need that. And we thank you in advance for how you're going to accomplish that. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Now, so we've talked about the idea of the simplicity of devotion, the simplicity of obedience. We want to talk about the simplicity of innocence. And I want to take you to this passage from the Gospel of Mark. Because Jesus is having an encounter with kids. And of course, Jesus was very popular at this point in the gospel story. So people are coming to him. They're asking for him to heal them. And so kids, back in biblical times, were were not a big priority. Matter of fact, they were looked at as a nuisance. And so the disciples looked at the adults as the important people that Jesus needed to minister to, and all of a sudden Jesus was flooded by all these little kids. And we pick up at verse 13. It says, and they were bringing children to him, that is the parents and all the people that were around him, so that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. And he took them in his arms and he began blessing them and laying his hands on them. A little takeaway for those of you that may be new to our church, we don't baptize babies; we dedicate them. And a big reason why we dedicate them is this passage in particular from the Gospels. So, if you have a a, a baby and you're like, "Man, I just I want I want God to touch our baby," you know, hey, we'll arrange it during our gathering, one of our gatherings. We'll pray over your child. We'll dedicate your child uh, for God's will and purpose to be accomplished in his or her life. I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to do. So just. Text the atmosphere. Somebody's like, What's the atmosphere? It's just our church number. All right. We just, my daughter came up with that name and said, What is the atmosphere? It's just the it's just church number. Just a fun fun way to call it, um, the atmosphere. It's like the bat phone. I don't know. Um, but nothing shows innocence, love, and trust in this world better than the face of a child. And some of us that have, you know, um, frequent run-ins with with toddlers, you know exactly what Jesus is speaking about here. There's an innocence with kids that is so beautiful. And Jesus, I love this, Jesus is not just saying like, hey, you, you guys need to honor the kids. He totally goes another level and says, not only do you need to honor them as kids, you need to become more like them. You need to be more like a child in order to experience God. If you want to encounter God in this life, then it's going to come down to you growing little again. Don't you like that? How are we to grow little again, especially with all the difficulties that we've been through Let's face it, like we're all little jaded now that we're adults, right? Am I the only one? It's like the longer I live, the more cynical I feel like my, my, myself becoming, the, the more uh, just overwhelmed I get. And, and that's just par for the course. And, and at some point, we had probably a defining moment in our childhood where we just feel like the innocence was just gone. And for some of you, unfortunately, maybe it was just a bad situation with your parents and your family. Uh, others of you, maybe it was just like, you know, exposure to something at school. Uh, maybe others of you, it was just the first heartbreak, the first time you went on the playground and little Johnny rejected you and said he didn't want to play with you. You're like, I'm scarred for life. And stuff like this happens and and the innocence of the, of the kids just get just completely Devastated. I was a youth pastor for many, many years at our Bakersfield campus, and one of the things that I saw with the kids is this marked difference between freshman and sophomore year of, of high schoolers. It, it was just weird to me because, you know, I was a, a high schooler at some point in, in my life, and, but I didn't, didn't notice like a light switch. It went from like being a child to becoming an adult. And what would happen is, like, inevitably, a high schooler would, would be, uh, you know, in, at a party or something would happen. There would be some kind of uh, offer, and something would happen, and, and the innocence would, would just be, like, taken. And, and maybe even addictions would, would be um, introduced to kids for the first time. And it's sad to me. Because as I evaluate kind of where most of us are as adults and what Jesus is calling for us as his followers, he's saying, if you want to experience me in all of the, the kind of the, the brokenness and all the kind of things that have happened in your life, you need to return to becoming childlike again. That, that's the goal. And I love this in John chapter 1, verse 12. It says this. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So what Jesus has offered us is a way back into our innocence. He's offered us a way back to reclaim what has been lost by the ugliness and the brutality of the world that we live in. I think this is so good that we're called children of God. We're not called adults of God. We're called children of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a child of God. Just, I, I love it that it's in this. But what, I, what I've seen as a pastor, what I've seen just as a follower of Jesus, th- there are several things that factor into us kind of losing that innocence, and there are several same factors that, that are used to return us to our innocence, and I call it knowing your IFP. Because if I were to give like the top three things that have a factor in you returning to the childlike position that Christ has called you into for you to experience God fully in your lives, it comes really down to these three areas of your life it's influence, it's forgiveness, and it's purity. Influence and forgiveness. And purity. and we want to talk about these for a few minutes this morning. So if you're taking notes, let, let's just talk about this for first one. And that's influence. Now, when I say influence, I, I'm not talking about who you influence. I, I'm more speaking about what influences your life. In, in other words, what, what is it that makes you make the decisions that, that you make? or what influences you to make the decisions that you make. Because if you think about a child, especially if you think about a toddler, toddlers, toddlers don't kind of assess a situation and, and try to kind of fill out the opinions of others before they just act. <laughs> Have you ever just watched a three-year-old just over there in the corner just going, I wonder if I do this, what will they think of me on the other side of the room? See, toddlers don't march to the drumbeat of the opinions of other people. They just feel it and they just go for it. I, I, I had somebody send me a video years ago and I love this video and, and it's, it's in my arsenal of videos that every once in a while I have to play because it reminds my soul of what Jesus is after me becoming more like and he's after me becoming more like this little girl in this video, watch this. I found love in you And no other love will do Every moment that you smile
0: Chases all the pain away Forever and a while my heart is
1: where you'll stay. This is why I love you. Ooh, this is why I love you. Because you love me. You love I tell me. you, I've seen that video a hundred times. I just got teary-eyed again. That When she goes in for that hug to that lady, that just is moving. Now, I don't know, in the... In the the realm of, of problem, maybe that lady was going through something and this little girl sensed it like, like this, this woman needs a hug right now. But this is the innocence that Jesus is, is calling us back into saying if you can become more like this and, and not try to evaluate the opinions of other people, and what they're going to think of you when you do something, you're going to experience more God in your life. How many of our decisions that we make every day are based upon the opinions of other people and what they're gonna possibly think of us? I like Galatians chapter one, verse 10. It says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. This is so good for us to kind of circle up because so many of us are not doing the things that God is calling us to do because we're so worried about what other people are gonna think of us. And I'm guilty of it too. I just took my family to Disneyland last week and we were at the park and we were waiting for one family member to get done in the restroom and the, the Disneyland electric parade song came on the speaker's. And you know, I grew up, you know, going to Disneyland with the electric parade. You know, and that there's a very, uh, you know, familiar song. And and so we've been to the parade more times than I can count. And and when I when I hear that song, I imagine those those little spinning caterpillar things with all the lights. You know what I'm talking about? That you guys have been to Disneyland. And, and so I just hear the song, and, and I didn't even think about it. I just started kind of. You know, mimicking the little caterpillar. And right? I started. And I just started being goofy. And my kids were laughing. My, my daughters are laughing. They're like, you're crazy. And now, for a moment, for a, for a split moment, I wasn't thinking about anybody except my family in just this fun moment. But then afterwards, I was like, did somebody just film me? Am I going to. Am I going to be on some middle schooler's TikTok video? I was just like, I just, but in that, I I just have to tell you, there was freedom in that moment. I was just being goofy. I I, I just think it's time that we learn how to have fun again and stop caring what every other person in this world thinks of us. We're, We're bowing down to the pressures of other people. We're comparing ourselves too much on people, on social media, and it's, and it's jading us from really allowing God to have fun. I heard years ago this expression that has stuck with me, that I'm no longer going to play for the audience of all the people that are around me. I'm going to learn how to play for the audience of one, that is God. I only, I'm only going to be concerned with what he thinks about me that other people's opinions, they, they, they're irrelevant, and honestly, they can actually be damaging because their expectations of me are, are not necessarily healthy. So I, I wanna live my life and leverage my life for what he thinks of me. And if he wants me to go and hug somebody, then I'm gonna go hug somebody. I might tell them I don't I don't have any viruses, you know. But um, I, I'm going to go and I'm going to say I I just feel like you, you need to, to be prayed for, and I want to encourage you, and I I want to have want to give you a verse. Colossians three twenty three says, "In all the work you are doing, work the best you can. Work as if you were doing it for the Lord and not for people." Let's be honest. Some of us we're guilty of the paralysis of analysis. You know what I mean by that? We're, we're, last week, I, I, I polled you guys. I said, how many of you guys are overthinkers? Let me do it again. How many of you would categorize yourself as overthinkers? Raise your hand. All right, okay, a lot of us. Okay, the others of you, I'm telling you, you, you are so much better off <laughs> because the overthinkers in here, they're just like, well, I'm trying to analyze everything and stop doing that. You know what the most powerful prayer you can pray in the morning to God is God have fun with me today have fun with me today and and he's got some kind of adventure that he wants to put you on and it could be just encouraging somebody it could be you helping somebody that you see struggling but I'm telling you that this influence is a major factor in either you returning to innocence or having your innocence taken from you Stop bowing down to the opinions of other people. Number two is your forgiveness factor. And this is a big one. I would say probably this is the biggest one because forgiveness has the capacity to soften your heart more than any other thing that you'll ever experience in this world. However, on the flip side of that, unforgiveness also has the capacity to harden your heart more than anything else that you will experience in this world. And if you've noticed a little child, they may get their feelings hurt. They may may not be happy with you for telling them something. But I will tell you this about kids. They get over stuff really quick, don't they? they? They don't really hold grudges too long, especially if you have some candy. All right? They're just like, they're over it. They're one, two, three, over it. I'm telling you, one of the biggest ways that you could return to the innocence and become childlike and start experiencing God on a whole new level is be quick to forgive people that offend you and wound you and hurt you. And here's what I know about you. Somebody has offended you, wounded you, or hurt you. It happens to all of us. Unfortunately, it happens to me as a pastor. and You have to learn how to be quick to forgive. I love how Colossians, this is another passage. I'm going to read it from the message translation. It says, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. I love this that it compares how we forgive people to how God has forgiven us. How much has God forgiven you of? <laughs> Have you ever just listened to like all the things that you've done to offend God, and like, I've done a lot, and I'm shocked that God still accepts me. And, and aren't you glad that the Bible says that nothing can separate you from the love of God which is found in Christ Jesus our Lord? Nothing. Like, he's forgiven you of your major rap sheet, and because of that, you need to look at the people that have offended you, and wounded you, and hurt you, and to the degree that you've been forgiven by your heavenly Father, you are to forgive others that have wounded, hurt you, and offended you. Easier said than done, though. I walked through an offense this last year that I I haven't told you guys too much about because it involves a really good friend of mine, and and uh, it, it was a wound, it was a hurt that, that I've embraced, and it wasn't just me, it was a whole group of us uh, around this guy, and I love this guy. He's my brother, um, and, and he loves the Lord, but he, he, there was a situation that he took wrongly, and he, and he kind of uh, went after me and, and our other buddies and, and this little group of friends that, that we had together, and it was just super weird, and at first, I, I was just taken back by it, and I and I I was just like, "What's going on with this guy?" Like, and trying to have these these conversations with him, and trying to kind of understand where he was coming from, and it just didn't go anywhere. And it got worse and worse, and it got more and more toxic. He turned to social media, and, and me and a bunch of my friends, we were just like, "What do we do with this guy?" And I can I, I can almost identify the day that it went from feeling sorry for this guy to being offended by this guy. And, and I could almost pinpoint the day where I started becoming so angry with him that I want to fight him. And I haven't wanted to fight somebody in a long time. And, and it, was, it was not good, and I'm not saying that in, in a way like you're like, yeah, my, my pastor's like, you know, part pastor, part MMA fighter. That's not, <laughs> it's not what I'm after. But I will fight. <laughs> I will. And, and I just, you ever have somebody just, you, you feel like they're just, the wound is so deep and you just, you can't take it anymore. That's where I was. And I, and I did an inventory one day as I was just praying to God and, and I was really struggling in this because I could, to be honest with you, I could feel my heart getting hardened. I could feel it, because it, uh, some of you don't know me, and, and this maybe you're brand new. You, you, you need to understand, me. I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty easy going guy. Like, I'm an easy guy to get along with. I, I'm, I am not easily offended. So if I become offended, it's like, it's deep. And that's where I was, and I, I started asking God, going, I could feel it. It's almost like you know having something in the oven too long, where things start getting overcooked and hard. I felt like my heart was just being cooked in this oven, and I was praying in my, one of my morning devotions, and I said, God, I don't like who I'm becoming. I, I could feel just this loss of this childlike faith, and I could feel this toxicity brewing inside of me. And he told me, he said, you need to take a regular inventory, Jim, because just just because you're a pastor doesn't mean you're immune to this. You need to take a regular inventory. Are there people that you have not properly forgiven? And I hadn't really done that. So check this out. This is a great scripture. Some of you have never read this. This is good to, to note down, maybe even to circle and maybe even come back to later in your own circumstances. But it says this. It says, be angry, yet do not sin. It tells me sometimes it's justifiable to be angry according to some things that maybe some other people did. But But you can be angry and then it can turn into something that is not good. And some of you have been there before. And it says, Do not let the sun go down on your anger. That's interesting. So, part of your anger becoming sin is when you let that anger fester inside of you and you refuse to deal with it. That's what I was doing. I was refusing to deal with it. And it says, And don't give the devil an opportunity. That is so good. Because the devil is going to squander whatever opportunity he can so that he can rip you off of that childlikeness that you need to start experiencing God more in your life. He's going to rip you off from that. So if he can harden your heart, if he could pull you out of that space of of your innocence and being childlike, then he's got a victory. And so what I had to do is I had to lay before God and say, God, I, I, I want you to heal my wound so I can forgive my brother. And God began doing that. He began helping me heal so that I could forgive. And some of you, you know, you want to forgive, but you're like, "I, I don't know if I have the strength to be able to do it. We have a prayer team. We'll love to pray over you so that we can help you heal so that you can forgive as you have been forgiven by your Heavenly Father. We'll help you. We'll partner with you on that. But some of you, I'm telling you right now, that that anger that you've had, that you've been building up, even maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's in your relationship with family, maybe it's a situation with a neighbor, the longer that you let that sit and not deal with it, the more toxic it's becoming, not just to those relationships, but it's becoming toxic for your soul and your connection with your Heavenly Father. Can you receive that this morning? we got to deal with this. Don't let it simmer. Don't let it just sit in the oven and keep baking. Number three, and this is another important one, and this, this one doesn't get really touched a whole lot anymore, and that's purity. That there is a, there is a purity with kids that is so beautiful. The innocence and the, and the purity, it Just they haven't been exposed to all the crud that we've all been exposed to, and you can just see it in the eyes of a three-year-old. And it's beautiful. It's attractive. And when God comes into our souls and it begins transforming our lives, He's restoring that purity in our lives. And Jesus says the reason it is being restored in our lives is so that we can start seeing God more in our lives. Check this out in Matthew 5:8: Blessed are the pure in hearts, for they shall see God. How many of you have been through a circumstance in your life this last year, and you're like, man, God, I, I just need you to show up in this situation. The truth is, he probably is showing up in your situation, but because of impurities that are still being allowed in your life, you can't see him. It's kind of like when I drive down the grapevine to see my relatives in Bakersfield. I'm coming down that grade, and I can't see that valley anymore because of all the pollutions. I'm like, I know there's, like, there's, there's land down there somewhere, but between all the brown and gunk, it's hard to see it. And sometimes we've allowed so much pollution in our life, God is showing up and we can't even see him. Hello, somebody. There needs to be a return of innocence. We gotta, we gotta make some decisions to make purity a priority in our life. We have to make decisions to make purity a priority in our lives. Check, I'm gonna give you a couple more scriptures. Check, check this out. Philippians 2. It says, verse 14 and 15 do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children. There it is again, children of God, without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. So Paul's saying there are things that culture is just immersing themselves in, but because we're children of God, we're gonna step back for our own sake. Not, not so that we can be prudish and say, no, we don't do that because we go to church. We're Christians. No, there, there, there's something that God's saying, saying step back because I want to I show you off because these, these people that are walking in darkness, that are walking in the impurities, they're lost, they're dying, they're drowning, and you are becoming hope for them that the world and the culture that has been dictating to them, this is how you live life, you are proclaimed to them, you don't have to live like this. There is an alternative way for you to live, and it's way better than anything you could ever ask or imagine. and God wants you to be that shining star, no matter who you are. That's the 70s. You're a shining star.
0: Okay,
1: First okay, Corinthians 14. I gotta get you back now, all right? I gotta get myself back. I just had an ADD moment up here, right? Dear brothers and sisters, check it out. Don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil. But be mature and wise in understanding matters of this kind. So what Paul is saying here in this letter to the Corinthian church, he's saying there's a difference of being childlike and being childish. He's saying we, we shouldn't be childish that immaturity that just makes us do dumb things sometimes. He's saying be childlike, be innocent as babies. So, so intentionally put some boundaries in your life, just like you would your own kids to protect them from things that would want to come in and harm them. That that, you know, as parents, you know, I had three kids, we raised three kids when they were babies. Yeah, we protected them. We we made sure that all the hazards were removed from them because, a, as a baby, you know they could maybe um, unknowingly put themselves in a dangerous position. And so we we had to be uh, the the ones that that kept the access away that of anything that would be dangerous for them. And so what we are being called into with purity is we're being called to make our lives safe and. Like those childproof caps on on the bottles. Like like God is asking us to close the gates of anything in any way the enemy would have access to us to mucky up and pollute our lives so that we'll stop seeing God move and and see him experience him in our lives. Romans chapter 13, verse 14. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. God's speaking to us about closing some gates in our lives that are allowing impurities that are flooding in and and polluting our ability to really experience God. it's, It's taking away, it's stripping you of the innocence and the childlikeness that God wants you experiencing in his kingdom. You know, the Bible says all things are lawful for us, but not all things are profitable for us, so we will be mastered by none. There are things that you have every freedom to do, but you know is not good for you. You're like, that. that is not good for my life. And I'm not gonna be up here and give you a whole list of things like do's and don'ts. I, I, I know that the Holy Spirit's already speaking to you about something the fact that I'm just talking about purity, immediately something is being brought in your mind and God is putting his finger on that and saying, it's, it's that. That's it. Get, close the gates so that that thing stops coming in and ripping you off from the innocence that I want you living in in your life. So my question to you this morning is, what is that thing? And I'm here to tell you that the power of God has made has been made available to you so that he can help you take care of that thing and get it out of your life so that you can have your childlike state back again this is so good for all of us to hear this isn't being preached anymore that God is holy and he's and he's calling us to be holy he's calling us to be set apart and, and we've we've got to acknowledge that that there's a holiness that that God is calling us into n- not not so that For any other reason than for us to start experiencing him. We're his kids. He's like, you're my children. I want you to have fun with me. I want you to experience me. And this stuff in your life is keeping you from having fun with me. The devil's good at what he does. And he's going to try to rip you off and convince you that all this stuff is fun for you. But in reality, there's no more fun than listening to God and keeping yourself away from certain things. Now, as I land this idea, I want to talk about baptisms right now. Because some of you, baptism, this is kind of a weird concept for you. This is like a church tradition that we've been doing thousands of years. And it actually predates Jesus. A lot of people don't realize that. They think that baptism was introduced by Jesus. It actually was being done prior to Jesus. It was a way back in Levitical times even that they would they would pledge their allegiance to rabbis. They, they would be They would be baptized, and it was a renewal that they would do. And so when Jesus came and he was baptized by John the Baptist, something took place in that moment, that he was baptized. It even says in the Gospels that a dove came down and ascended from heaven, and this voice from heaven says, This is my beloved son of whom I am well pleased. And I don't know what that moment was like, but I know it was powerful, and I know this, that not one miracle was performed by Jesus before he was baptized. And we know that this tradition continued even after Jesus resurrected from the dead. They, they went out, the disciples, they kept baptizing people. They, they kept putting them in water and they kept connecting the dots between baptism and life transformation. Now, I, I've gotta say that you are... An, you don't experience salvation in your life by being baptized with water. I like to say it's an outward expression of what is already an inward confession, that you've already acknowledged that Jesus is Lord, that he died for your sins, that he resurrected so that you could be resurrected. You already acknowledge that, but baptism is that public expression like, God, I'm, I'm pledging my allegiance to surrendering my life to you. Now, I will tell you that water baptism, check this out. Think about it. When you were born in this world, you were born in your mother's womb with water. Interesting. There was water in the womb that kept you safe. It was that sack, right? And and then you were born. You're born in the water of the womb. Well, I want to tell you right now, you are reborn by the water of the word, that the word of Jesus is here to transform your life. And there's something about the, the baptism and the water baptism that, that that unleashes the supernatural into your life. Now, you're already saved. You, you're saved by the moment that you confess that Jesus is Lord of your life and you believe that he died for you and he resurrected from the grave. You're saved But I'm telling you, some of you, your breakthrough is waiting in the water. And that sounds crazy, but there is a rebirth for your life in the water. That just as you were born in the water of the womb, God wants you to be reborn in the water of his word through water baptism. So so I just think, some of you haven't done that. I'm like, why why would you want to do this? Because, I I mean, I've baptized hundreds if not thousands of people, and I'm telling you, I have heard story after story where people's lives were completely transformed the moment that they said yes to Jesus and they surrendered their life through water baptism. I, I can't emphasize it enough. So if you haven't been baptized with water, we're having a party for you today. And if you've already been baptized, come to the party and celebrate with us. Everybody else is being baptized. And I'm telling you, possibly miracles are waiting for you when we pull you up out of the water. And that in those waters are going to represent all of the the things that have taken away that, that innocence and that childlike state that you used to have. I believe God wants to rebirth that innocence again. I believe he wants to rebirth that childlike faith again inside of you through water baptism. Say, you, you don't know. There's a lot of junk in my life. That's okay. We'll just hold you under a little bit longer. <laughs> I, 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 just me, I just messing with you. I did, true story, I did have a guy in Vegas. He did tell me, he goes, hey, when, when you baptize, can you hold me under a little longer? And I'm like, uh, why? He goes, I just need it. And I'm like, <laughs> I go, okay, but I gotta tell everybody else that you wanted me to do this because they're gonna be wondering why I'm holding you under and they're not gonna want me to baptize them. So I would explain to everybody. And then I did it and then he said, you didn't hold me under long enough. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's do it again. I don't know. But I, I, I'm out of time. But I, I, I hope you heard the simplicity of what it means to follow Jesus. He, he wants you to return to the innocence. And maybe for, the, for, for you, that, that's that 10-year-old version of you. Maybe it's that three-year-old version of you. But there's something about a child that Jesus says, if you, if you come to him like the little kids are coming to him, he says, you're gonna experience the kingdom of heaven. And a matter of fact, you're not gonna experience the kingdom of heaven if you don't come to him like that. So some of you, as you take that inventory, I want you thinking about, I'm gonna have the worship band come back up. I want you thinking about this this morning. Where are you at with your inventory of that influence? Have you been listening too much to the opinions of other people? Where are you at with that forgiveness? Have you maybe not really, Given that hurt and that wound and that offense over to God, or perhaps it's even this purity going, man, God, God's, God has put His finger on some some areas of my life that He's saying it, it, it's it's time to take care of that and close the gates. And I, and I will tell you too, if you have kids here, so important on the purity, your your kids don't have the ability to make those decisions yet, and and as their parent, I encourage you, I commend you to. to to close some gates. It, it really frustrates me when I see an eight-year-old on a smartphone. So you be careful with that, because the, the kids don't even have to search for stuff anymore, it will find them. So be, be very careful with that. But would you stand, let, we're, we're gonna end with a, a song, and the song is all about the holiness of God, the holiness of Jesus. And it's in his name that, that we find our way back to the innocence. It's in his name that we find our way back to this place of being childlike. So Father, as we just stand in awe of who you are for what you've already done in our lives, God, and and what you're currently doing, God, we we just ask that you would just come meet us and help us, God, to put aside all of the ways that we're trying to please people and help us to return to the place where we don't care about what other people think. We just care what you think. That we can be like that little girl, free to hug whoever you tell us to hug, free to love whoever you tell us to love. God, help us forgive those people that have offended us and wounded us. God, I know it's difficult for some people in this room because the wounds are so deep, but God, I pray for your healing touch of heaven to heal that wound so that we can forgive that person. Help us to forgive, God. We need your strength to be able to help us on this. And lastly, God, God, all the impurities that have filtered into our life, maybe through other people or maybe our own choices. God, would you just wash us with your word right now as we worship? God, that you would return a a new, a renewed purity to our souls so that we could begin seeing you in every area of our life. And we thank you, God, for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you, and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.